Welcome to Unity of Tucson. I want to start with this quote today. <laughs> because every thought moves upon an invisible substance in increasing or diminishing degree. When we praise the richness and fullness of God, this thought stuff is tremendously increased in our mental atmosphere. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot going on there, right? Well, first of all, let's start with the first two words, every thought. Every thought. Sometimes I'm asked, does every thought create? And I say, yes, every thought is creative. Now, we can quickly negate thoughts without even realizing we're doing it, which is why not everything we think shows up in the world of form like that, because we may have a thought and we immediately go, oh, no, uh, no, and that's okay because that's part of the experience and expression of life. So every thought moves upon an invisible substance. This invisible substance is God's stuff, right? He, he even says it, uh, it, he says this, it's thought stuff. Well, thought and God are the same thing, right? It's God's stuff, this invisible substance. And the entire expression, everything that exists, every aspect of form is the expression of that internal impression of thought. So every thought is, create, is creating, moving upon that invisible substance in either increasing or diminishing degree. And that's why I say, you know, we negate thoughts pretty quickly. That'll diminish the expression of those things in the world of form very quickly. And there are things that we focus on and we grow them in our experience. You've, ever, you've heard, you know, right? What you put your focus on grows in your experience. So if we remove the focus on the things we would not like to experience, those things will diminish in degree. And as we put our focus on the things we would like to experience, we are inviting the increase of that experience and expression. That's what he's talking about here. So there's a way that we approach life. Have you ever heard, have you ever heard yourself saying something like this? I have a problem, and I'm hoping you can help me. Now, it's okay to go to other people. We rely on other people for support and for help, right? Make sure you're going to the right people. Because <laughs> oftentimes what happens is, I have a problem. I'm hoping you can help me. And their response is, yes, I can commiserate with you. <laughs> what happens when they are in co-commiseration is you're increasing more stuff in your experience to commiserate about. So you got to be really, really clear on who you are going to when you actually have that call within you to say, I have a problem. I'm hoping you can help me. Make sure it is somebody that can actually help. Because here's what, here's what happens sometimes. What is the actual underlying belief that is at play in that kind of request? Again, the request. I have a problem. I'm hoping you can help me. There are many options for underlying beliefs that can... Uh, be at play here. Among them may be, I can't do anything about this. I can't do anything about this. Well, I'm about to negate that idea for you real fast. If you have the perception of a problem in your experience, it is all, number one, first and foremost, in mind. All problems 
are problems of the mind. And as we change our mind, there is solution. And so if we perceive a problem, inherent in that is a solution. Because a problem cannot exist without a solution. Because this expression of God is living in magnificent, beautiful polarity. So it's going to be, it's okay if we experience problems in our life. I mean, is there anyone who has never not experienced a problem? All right, I just want to make sure I'm on the right track because, you know, if you've not experienced a problem, as I often say, why don't you come up here and please feel free to inspire me. (laughs) So we can really live that. What is the actual underlying belief? I can't do anything to change that, right? Or, "Mm -hmm, that's life. That's another one. That's a big one for a lot of people. You have a problem in your own, well, that's life. Well, is that actually moving in the direction of solution? No. It's giving over and probably keeping the problematic frame of mind in activity within your mind. And so what's happening is every thought moves upon an invisible substance, and it is creating more problems in your life. Here's my favorite. I have a problem. I'm hoping you can help me. The subtext there may be something like, oh, it really feels good to tell my story. It really feels good to get that story of woe and anguish out, right? The more we live within the context of that story in mind, the more we create more of that story in our experience. That's been my story a lot, to be honest. And I have been learning, and I continue to learn every single day, to let the story go. Today is ultimately about telling stories, the stories we tell ourselves all the time. And there is a subtlety to the way we tell our stories. There is a subtlety in that. It can be something as simple as, you've got to get up every morning with a smile on your face, right? But there's a subtle shift that can maybe make that a different story and take charge of your life. Because that's pretty directive. You've got got to get up every morning with a smile on your face, right? How about this? You get to get up every morning with a smile on your face. It's a subtle shift, but it is taking the power back and saying, I know who I am, and I know how I choose to be, and I know how I choose to express in this world, and I get to get up every morning with a smile on my face and show the world all the love in my heart. Because it is not a directive from anything outside the self. It is that which is inherently flowing forth through me as me. How about you? What is the first thing you do? Just a question for consideration. What is the first thing you do when something challenging happens in your life? Do you go and tell all your friends about it? It can feel lonely if you don't do that, right? Like you have to sit with this challenging thing on your own, so you want to let people know how your life is unfolding. What good is that? It's good to the degree that you're going to the right people, as I said earlier. It's a little like family feud. 
Imagine you're going around and you've got your story, right? And you're telling your story and you're looking for the opinions of others. Now, are you familiar with Family Feud? They go out and they do these, these, these surveys, right? And they get the top 100 answers to such and such questions. So imagine you are the one asking the question and you are looking for the top 100 answers and you've got a little Richard Dawson. Am I aging myself? You've got a little Steve Harvey in your ear. And he's constantly in your ear and in your head and he's going around with you and he's saying, survey says the top 10 reasons for maintaining a negative mindset. Survey says and you're getting all those answers from everyone around you. How well do you think that's gonna work out for you? The most common question in the metaphysical spiritual movement, and I get this question multiple times a week, if not multiple times a day. Top question is, how do I change my thinking? How do I change my thinking? Because the whole the whole philosophy is based on changing our thinking so that our experience and expression of life changes, right? But do you have practical tools for changing your thinking? You may, but that's the question I get asked the most. How do I actually do it? Because those thoughts, it's like that monkey mind is in there doing its thing and I can't. How do I change my thinking? You know, because it's, it's, it's very easy to say. It's, it's an easy and it's, it's, it's a quick and easy phrase to say, Change your thinking, change your life. Y'all hear that, right? Change your thinking, change your life. The practice is an entirely different story. The practice of it is an entirely different story. You know, I talked a little bit, I think, last week. I get it all confused, because now I'm thinking, maybe I said it yesterday in the membership orientation. Uh, I say it a lot. I came to this philosophy from an intellectual standpoint. I thought about this stuff a lot, but the thinking of it didn't actually shift until I embodied a new idea. It did not change until I embodied a new belief, and that is when my life changed. So it starts with thinking, absolutely, but the habitual thought that you are trying to embody has to be settled down into a belief, and then oh, everything changes. You could be like Peter. Remember Peter from Scripture? Oh, yeah. Peter had a belief. He had an idea. He said he would never deny Jesus, right? He went to Jesus and said, I will never deny you. I will never deny you. But under the pressure of other people's opinions, he did deny Jesus three times. That's how powerful other people's opinions can be. They can truly tap into a place within you that is easily shifted if you do not remember who you are. Now, Peter turned it around, and that's part of the path, too, is that we can always turn it around. We are never relegated to anything we have done in the past. We are always in a brand new present moment, flowing forth, moving forth into activity. And so there is always the opportunity to change your thinking, change your beliefs, and change your life. So how do we find ourselves in the position of giving in ever, right? How do we find ourselves in this position? How do we address our own thinking? Again, it goes back to the question, how do I do it? For me, there is one answer. 
there is one answer, affirmative prayer. That's the answer for me. Affirmative prayer is a movement of mind. That's what affirmative prayer is. It is a movement of mind, which is our use and share of the infinite God mind, the infinite universal mind, whatever you choose to call it. We are that infinite mind at the level of our understanding and expression of it. Affirmative prayer is a movement of this mind through us, as us, of us, for the purposes of creation. And so as we pray, it is ours to be moved into the expression and experience of creation. It is an avenue to direct the infinite creative spirit, the infinite creative God, the infinite creative source, the infinite creative energy, to direct it into the expression of our lives. Here's what prayer is not. It is not looking to others for their opinions. It is not looking to anything outside the self for judgment. It is not beseeching. It is not begging. Many of us were brought up with an idea of prayer that was asking God to do something. I've heard many people utilize a specific form of prayer that is a beseeching and asking and is essentially calling out to God with that little Steve Harvey voice in my head, survey says, and you're getting the answer from God. What you think might be God outside the self, but we don't teach God outside the self. We teach the infinite power and presence is who and what we are. So in unity, we teach a five-step prayer, just like we teach a five-step, well, they, so I'm going to go back to this, right? My training originally was in a different branch of the New Thought Movement, and both of them have five-step prayers. How convenient is that? But I had to learn the steps of the unity prayer to become ordained as a unity minister. <laughs> the five steps of unity prayer are these. Relaxation. Relaxation, allowing ourselves to come to a centered awareness, to relax the body, to relax the mind, to be open and receptive to the infinite power and presence moving and flowing through us. So relax, number one. Number two, we can allow ourselves to concentrate. What is it we are concentrating on, though? Because that is very important. Concentration on the idea and understanding and affirmation that there is only one power, there is only one presence, there is God and nothing else. It is infinite, and that is what we teach. And so knowing that it is infinite, we can then move into step three, which is meditation, meditating on the idea that it being infinite, I am part of infinity because I am not separate from, because then I would be finite and it would be finite. Meditation on the understanding of those three words that I often say, and some people run screaming from the room when I hear, when I say this, but I'm going to do it in six words. I am God. You are God. We are God. Because there can be nothing separate from God. So if we were to do nothing else than relax, concentrate on the truth that there is only one infinite power and presence, and meditate on the idea that that is who and what I am, 
and I'm speaking the I as though you are speaking the I to yourself in this moment. If we got no further in the prayer, but really embodied that idea, we actually wouldn't have to get to the other two steps because they would be inherent. But I'm going to tell you what those other two steps are. The other two steps are realization. That's what you're praying for. I'm going to talk a little bit in a moment about what it is you are realizing. But as you realize it, then what do you do? You offer gratitude and thankfulness for it, which is the fifth step. Gratitude, thankfulness, to allow yourself to be welled up with a feeling of gratitude. Those are the five steps of unity prayer. Relaxation, concentration, meditation, realization, thankfulness. Affirmative prayer is not magic. A lot of people hear, oh, there's a spiritual philosophy, and I hear if I pray, I get what I want. That's the secret. There's more to it. It's not willing things to happen. It is not beseeching some good to fall upon us. It is opening ourselves up to the change we seek, opening up that avenue within us to experience change. You know who really, really understood this? Mother Teresa. This is a beautiful quote that I found. I used to believe that prayer changes things, but now I know that prayer changes us, and we change things. I often tell people when I'm teaching the practice of prayer that there's one point and purpose of prayer, and that is to change our own minds. Because if it is change your thinking, change your belief, change your life, then the beginning of that change is within. It is not trying to coerce something to happen out there. It is finding the avenue which is within. It is finding the avenue which is the mind, the God mind that is us, to show up as the experience of our lives. Prayer is not willpower. It is willingness to be open. It is not concentration, although, concentra- although a concentrated experience is part of the expression of prayer in form, ultimately it is finding that open avenue. Prayer is especially not taking a survey of all the opinions of your family and friends. <laughs> prayer is the avenue of change within so that our experience aligns in suit with that which is inherent. Yet, these things for many people end up being prayer. The beseeching, the trying to change, the coercion, those things end up being prayer. Why? Because we start to believe the things that we hear. And as I said before, it is done unto you as you believe. So what can you do? What can you do? Invite clarity in your own use of infinite mind. Invite clarity and learn spiritual truth. That's the realization part. The affirmation of spiritual truth. Now you're going to ask me, what is spiritual truth? Spiritual truth is that which is unchangeable, 
the unchangeable reality behind all appearance. When we talk about the healing candle, that's what I'm talking about. The God essence, the spiritual truth, the unchangeable reality behind all experience and expression in this world. Every thought, every thought, Charles Fillmore said, as I started with today, moves upon an invisible substance in increasing or diminishing degree. Prayer is the path to increase that which you would like to have as experience in your life. When we praise the richness and fullness of God as us, this thought stuff is tremendously increased in mental atmosphere. So here's the thing, too, about that. It is an exponential shift we can experience because when we are on the right path, we very quickly ascend. So if you would like to commit today, this is my call. If you would like to commit today, I would invite you to deepen your level of faith through a consistent prayer practice. And I'm not going to ask for anyone to raise their hands because I know many, many, in fact, most people here probably have a consistent prayer practice. But you know what? It can be more consistent. I can have a more consistent prayer practice, and I've been doing this for a really long time now. Find what works. If those five steps speak to your heart, use them. If something else works for you, Keep it on the affirmative side and use it. Because here's what I say. We can teach steps of prayer. We can teach technique. But ultimately, technique is whatever works for you. That is your technique. Technique is anything that works. So find what works within your heart, within your soul, and within your mind, and use it. That's the message today. No more. Survey says... It's now, I say, I say, I say. Peace and blessings. You are magnificent. I bet you cannot guess what the homework is today because I basically just gave it to you. I would like you to Pray daily. Pray daily. You can join me. Now, here's, here's the good news. You can pray with other people. That will count. If you would like to join me online, I pray at 11.30 a.m. every single Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday on Facebook Live and on YouTube Live. If you can go find Unity of Tucson on Facebook or on YouTube, you, I offer some words of of, um, I will offer some ideas, and then I pray. And so I invite you to join me if that's the way you want to experience this. Um, but I'm going to encourage you to pray every day. So while I'm here Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, there's also today and Monday, next Saturday, and Sunday. See, see what happens. Just see what happens in your life if you maintain a consistent practice of prayer throughout the week. Now, here's the other part of that. If you have a daily prayer practice, I would like you to check in to see if it is still effective for you. And if you find something isn't working, change it. Because there's no requirement from anything outside the self 
for what your prayer practice should look like. Find what works. Hi, this is Rev. Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.